It is Tuesday, the 5th of February 2019, and this is episode 348 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I am Chris, and Ian is with us as ever. Evening, Christopher. Deep and moody voice today. Uh, you're so, you, to be honest, you sounded a lot less bunged up than over the weekend. So yes, it did kick in. Anyway, I have. I'm full of the cold, so apologies for my nasal tones. Um, but we should be able to crack through this because I really need to not be doing this right now. So let's do that. Oh, and then I can thanks. get some food and then I can do other stuff. But for the for our listeners, we do everything, right? We push the boundaries. We don't. We don't. Um, <laughs> <that's>, I don't <laughs> what, a, what an intro. Terry, I, you've, you've, peaked, you've peaked in one minute. <laughs> no, I think, I think we've, we've pretty much done it. Um, alrighty, let's, let's, get, let's get to the news um, that we, we like to talk to you about so that's uh, pre-warning there's a lot of privacy and um <laughs> stuff going on in this podcast if you're not into your privacy uh, maybe you should uh, skip forward a bit but that's um they're starting with google and they've been hit with a 44 million pound fine gdpr um over its advertising so um this was a case um held by the the French data regulator, um, and it's based around GDPR. And basically, a some privacy groups came forward and said, "Right, you are um, using uh, personal information to deliver uh, adverts to people, and you haven't sufficiently informed, or we don't believe you sufficiently informed them of how you're using their data to personalise their adverts. Uh, it's all too complicated. We're taking you to the regulator, and the regulator's agreed and said, yep." fine and yeah 50 million euros so it's, it's big money uh facebook uh, so uh, google are currently reviewing the decision to see where their next steps are uh yeah so uh, i think we're now starting to see you know so yes there's a lot of pain around gdpr um, but a lot of the pain was to protect us as individuals and we're now seeing the european union starting to flex the muscles and 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 say no, we're not having this. Um, well, it's not s- strictly the European Union's flexing their muscles. They're it's the privacy groups flexing their muscles uh, and you know leveraging the new regulations. Uh, yeah, no, and that's, that's a good point, well made. Uh, but I think it's it's taking advantage of that, and and it's it's, it's interesting when I look at some of the, I guess the, the American commentators in GDPR. Some of them just see it as the, the Europe trying to curtail, you know, American mm. companies and their ability to innovate. But I guess well, I see and it I can, the other I can way. See, I can see that argument, uh, yeah. you know, because ultimately the reason it's been put in place is to stop the the use of personal data without consent, and and ultimately the the, the reasons behind it are all very, you know, um, what, what you might expect. But the outcome of it is is that actually it makes services inc- incredibly difficult to deliver. Um, in a way that we've come to expect them to deliver, and companies have come to expect to be able to, you know, work with data, and so that that's what that's why it feels restrictive. But actually, there's somewhere that in here there's a halfway house, which is yeah, you really do need to pay attention to privacy of users' data, and you really do need to get that consent um, before using it in that way. But but you know, it is a pretty ugly world out there at the moment when you first of all problem you go around websites and, and endlessly clicking accept and okay and and again i'm not reading what it's saying but every single it shows how much data is flowing around basically 
Agreed. And I mean, one of the things that Google were punished for was that that by default, the the box is ticked. It says we can um, process um, your information for the purpose of ads. Which so that is, was when when creating a new account that yeah. was pre-checked. Yeah. And what they're saying is that under GDPR is not allowed anymore. You it's not. To... It's a no-no. And also, they're saying that the actual um, sort of specifications of how they use your data is is actually not available in one succinct place. It's spread across six different documents, which is just not easy to get to. Um, and so it's never, you know, from a user's perspective, it's really pretty impossible to see exactly how your users, your data is going to get used and the fact that you're pre-checked to subscribe to that service is what they're... Well, I'll, they're... I'll be honest, I've got, not, I don't end of this, I've got a real clear idea what Google processes when I do a Google search. You know, what is it going into, you know, against what they're stored against me to bring back those results? I, I have no idea. No, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and do I have the energy to go and dig into it and really understand it? No. And I guess that's why you rely on privacy groups and people like that to do that that work. And I know Google have said, or there's certain times, you know, we don't use anything, but then you get different sets of results back depending on when you're signed in or signed out and whether you run it or I run it. And it's, it's, so something's getting done. It's quite rare as well for an organization like Google to say they're reviewing the decision. Uh, We normally get the straight up, we're, we're appealing (laughs) Yeah, um, because they normally know. So it, it almost says that okay, we've they're almost hands in the air maybe that they they've got something to change or, or correct here, especially about the pre-check. Uh, yeah, um, which is why I highlighted that one. I think the other ones are maybe maybe they're thinking that, that we were compliant, but in that one they definitely weren't, and mm. it's hard to argue. And so whether yeah. they'll come back and say, you know, it's a you know we want to pay less, or we feel we're being penalised, and others aren't, mm. I, you know, I don't know. Um, we also had an interesting story over the, the since our last um, podcast, and it's around the Daily Mail, and, and in fact, Microsoft's decision to put in a, a NewsGuard plugin, it's called, um, and this plugin basically assesses news sites, and it, it's it's designed to uh, inform the user if they're on a site that's that's known for giving dodgy um journalism and you know potentially one-sided or not researched or inaccurate or provably provably false um the problem is that the, i said the problem the daily mail got caught up in this um had a negative review and effectively wasn't given a clear rating as a, a trustworthy news source so obviously the daily mail were pretty incensed by this um but the news guard effectively said well you know you Judging, you know, your, a lot of your news stories are, are provably inaccurate. All the all the things that they've said, <laughs> uh, we can prove that you, you know that is the case for the Daily Mail. Anyway, they have, you know, I mean, first of all, that's I find that a little bit funny, and I guess that's <laughs> that's quite quite easy. They, I mean, they did. They apparently NewsGuard contacted them to ask them if they were worried about this, and I'm guessing someone just ignored it as a you know just not a serious thing um but then because microsoft put it into their browser um it suddenly turned into a thing yeah and i mean I, i'm like you I, I find it funny probably because i i, I don't like the daily mail um i think they're well so, it is inflammatory and provably wrong in many of their headlines yeah, isn't it? So, and also it's that i guess there's the, the bit so so they're very right wing that's not me um, a lot of the stuff is just bull. Mm-hmm. Not interested in that. But I think the bit I find I think it's always been the worst. It's just that the, the, I'm trying to remember what somebody used to call it. It was like the right column of shame. Mm. You know, so they used to put all the really clickbaity, show busy, you know, nonsense. Yep. And it's like this is this is horrible. But they're one of the biggest online presences for news now. Um, mm-hmm. So I and, and I mean that's 
to, to me, as long as this NewsGuard plugin was doing it fairly, you know, so not just like targeting. And I, I guess this has been the crux of some of the arguments recently where Google have, you know, not delisted, but they've put down the search results of right wing. Mm. Um, some some of the press, I guess, what are allegedly press sites, but the reality is they're just propaganda. Um, and what they're saying is, we're not. That's not news. That's propaganda. And there's this argument that well, you're hiding right wing content. It's like no, we're hiding propaganda. We are mm. promoting actual news and journalism. Um, so as long as they're doing it fairly and they're doing it for some of the getting the one that springs to mind for me is a left wing site, which is the Canary, which is is just as bad as the mm. Daily Mail. But from a left wing perspective, because they just write bull again. Um, so as long as it's fair, I've got no problem with it. And I found it funny because it's a Daily Mail. <laughs> so, and yeah, other, other news organisations were caught up in this as well. Now, there's been an update since and they now do get the green shield. Um, <laughs> however, it still does pretty much say that they failed, failed um, in, in many respects. Um, but they've <clears throat> basically put the green tick onto their, the website. So um, whilst it still has reservations around the, the journalism um, on the Daily Mail, it does actually give them the, the pass. And I think the things it still warns about are fair. It fails to, it fails to gather and present information responsibly. I, I don't think I don't have a problem. I think that's true. It fails to handle the difference between news and opinion. Clearly true. It fails to provide the names of writers. Now I don't read it enough to know that, but I know when people have, have pointed me to articles and I've gone and seen it, I'll say like a Daily Mail journalist. Hmm. and things like that it won't say you know an actual tagline of who wrote the article um, and they also refused to change one of the ratings because as mail online did not disclose its conservative orientation as if that wasn't obvious enough but hmm. I, I guess you've got to question you know we've seen it with elections you've got to question some of the, the brain power and, uh, of some people and that's the final bit and i sort of despite this website now gets a green shield logo so i guess it, in some ways it kind of does it you know when a big organization with loan money complains and gets their green tick back even though the same reservations are still in place does it now devalue that you know mm. that, that that you know that the service that this startup's trying to do or and uh, equally maybe they do this to get in the headlines and they do certain, they clickbait themselves almost by you know making the daily mail have to come out and do this anyway it's by the by that's the story it was uh, it was an interesting one to follow for sure it was it made me chuckle um Okay, Zuckerberg has personally um, got plans to integrate WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook Messenger all into one um, infrastructure, uh, well, basically unify it all with an underlying infrastructure that's consistent. So currently those three platforms, uh, like there's 2.6 billion users on those platforms combined, and currently they use three different services. The The idea is that they're, they, they're going to unify this all into one thing. Now, this is going against slightly when they bought all these services, they said they were going to keep Remain as independent. But um, I'm guessing because of privacy issues, because of all these, you know, complications around how the hell do all these services actually run and what do they do talking to each other and all that bringing it all together into one place from an underlying um, architecture point of view seems to make sense although they will still retain the three applications up front um there are talk you know that there's indications that they will be able to cross message um and all that kind of stuff but you know you'll access them by your whatever access point you currently do um and and it's interesting that zuckerberg's taken a personal like hand in this he wants to see this happen and he's going to hopefully get it done is it within the next year or two something like that yeah they're talking about by the start of 2020 so it's i've got no doubt that's a massive engineering challenge um and and i guess there's the 
there's the bit of my brain that says, so see from a, an architecture and technology perspective, it makes total sense because yeah. they must look at this and go, why if I, if, if Ian's talking to Chris on Instagram, is it a different messaging platform than it is in WhatsApp and it is in Facebook? When they're all much of a muchness. They're all... And we've got three servers doing that rather than the one that could be doing it. Yeah. You know, and at the scale they're at, it must be, it must be huge. And, and also, the court cases they have to face. You yeah, know? But, but also wrapping all around things like GDPR legislation. And I'm sure exactly. there's, a, there's there's other benefits for them as well, even though they've said yeah, they'll, totally. they'll segregate all these data services. And that's the, the bit that initially allowed me was, well, WhatsApp's encrypted and other two aren't. And but they've it, said that they're all going to be end-to-end -end encrypted. Exactly. So that, so and that's another interesting angle, isn't it? Because that's yeah. going exactly against what the law enforcement and governments want. So yeah. um, on the face of it, I, I think, so there was lots of clickbait headlines around this. Because <clears throat> um, certainly when you see, so what I put up was, you know, Zuckerberg plans to integrate WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook Messenger. And you see that as a title and you're thinking, what? No, mm. is that, does that mean I'm going to lose the Instagram front end and the Facebook Messenger app and... And what's happened? I'm going to be left with some Facebook thing. And it's not. It's just it's the back end infrastructure, um, and that commitment around encryption is really important. So, uh, I I am not particularly. I think there's far bigger issues with using Facebook than they're going to integrate their messaging platforms. Sure, but they, you know, the whole the idea of 2.6 billion users, and we don't know how all the data is going to be shared around. But it sounds like they are effectively going to be. You know, I mean, if it brings all those people together in who signed up to, you know, apps that were separate at the time. There were nothing to do with Facebook. So in some ways, it's also, you know, are they going to shoot themselves in the foot as far as are they going to lose users to this? Is that is this the time for another upstart to come along and um, and, and take some of that share, especially, you know, of the younger market, which then tends to feed into the what we're going to use tomorrow, whatever they're using today, we tend to use tomorrow. Um yeah, so I, I, you know, Facebook aren't currently in a, in the be, you know being presented in the best light in the media and across, um, you know, news in general, and and certainly some they're not doing anything to ingratiate themselves in many ways. Um, so is that a, is it is it a bad thing that these things are going to be cl more closely associated with the Facebook brand? That's that that's a question that you know I guess they've asked and figured out that they, it's worth the hit. There's there's potential for that I think, um, but I think there's so. Oh, it feels it's so inside baseball. It feels like it's such a kind of geek tech type challenge that I think the communities we're in, there'll be lots of like, you know, rah, rah, rah about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like 0.01% of, of the yeah, communities Yeah, but then I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard this on the, you know, my, my barometer, Radio 4, has, has had this as a news story. Oh, so, dear. you know, and, and, you know, so it's it's out there. Yeah. But again, I think that's more because Facebook's in the news so much at the moment, including the latest one being... Uh, the whole another kerfuffle that's that kind of blew up since the the last podcast. Um, Facebook um, was has been paying um, teens um, and sort of young adults to install a VPN on their um, iPhones and, and Androids, and basically this VPN then allows Facebook to collect data around what that user is, how they're using their phone, where their sites they're visiting, the apps they're running, how they use this, that, and the other, and and you know basically it's you know they get they get paid to do it so something like 20 dollars a month is is um is being banded around uh, and and for that they like i say they they give up all their data to facebook now turns out that the way facebook has been distributing this application is via a, a, a 
a security certificate that they've been allowed to use by Apple for uh, internal applications, so things that they they run internally in inside their organizations, maybe accounting or whatever happens to be. Um, but they've been using that same uh, security certificate to distribute these applications um, to external customers, which is against the the, the policies um, that they signed up to when they agreed to the service with Apple. So it caused all sorts of stink, didn't it? So yeah, the worst bit for me was this this whole. You know, Facebook had a terrible 2018, and it's not just because uh, you know they, they had a few stumbles themselves. And it, but, but journalists have been time after time showing where they make mistakes. The worst bit about this was Apple had already banned this app, so this is a reskinned app. Um, they'd already blocked mm. it and banned it, whether it was a year ago, eighteen months ago. Um, and Facebook were basically abusing this enterprise certificate. But even when Apple banned this app. Um, Facebook then lied to the press. So Facebook the next day said, tell you what, we've removed this ourselves because we know that's not right. But Apple had blocked it and banned it the day before, mm. which Apple then came out <laughs> in a press statement and said, so they're not even... It worked, they didn't pull. They were, they, they were pushed. They didn't yeah, jump. and as I said, so, so you know, TechCrunch again doing some real excellent journalism around this, you know, yep. digging into the source code around it, seeing that it's just a reskinned app. Um. And just, I mean, it's a clear, clear breach. And even just the fact that they're, you know, paying kids. Pay, I mean, it's like, you know, users age 13 to 35. So fair enough, if it's a, anybody over 20, to me, that is like, if somebody wants to give away their data and it's clear and obvious they're doing that and getting paid, fine. But 13-year-olds mm. just feels really wrong. Feel, feels a bit slimy, doesn't it? Although that's a key market that they want to be able it's, to it's understand. It's a key it? market, but there's, but there's something, I just think there's something that, a 13-year-old, if you're basically saying to them, we'll give you 20 quid, and also, by the way, we'll give you more money if you convince your friends to sign up, that is going the, to happen for 13- and 14-year-olds. The only reason this was a story was because, you know, because Facebook did it in a way that was considered against the policies of the security certificate, right? But I don't, ultimately, I don't think there's anything, I, I don't know if anyone's, I mean, there's a moral angle to, can you really allow, a, you know, 13 14 year old to sign up to have their data captured when they don't probably understand the implications of that and and what and no one really knows what data is being captured because as an understand apparently this app really went to the root of you you could find out pretty much anything because it's it's decrypting the ability to see all these things so um, it was a vpn so it's running a vpn yeah. so all your traffic so whether all you were using travel. facebook or yeah. not and i think that's the mm-hmm. thing that maybe people are missing if they don't understand a vpn so it was a what they're trying to do is catch the next you mentioned it earlier, they try to catch the next Snapchat or the next yeah. real growing, you know, what of all of a sudden is spiking amongst that, that user community. And just the fact that they're going to track everything and see everything. Or so, have so, the ability to. We don't we don't know what they were looking at or how they were looking on. at it, but they had the access to it. Yeah, no, exactly. But, and, and, you know, but a really slimy company. And, I, and that is about, I was kind of, I was kind of hanging fire when we were talking earlier about, you know, what they're doing around messaging and stuff like that. Facebook ultimately, and 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 I'm really, I'm really at a kind of tipping point of just quitting Facebook, but I love Instagram. Don't and, I, um, and it's. I guess the other thing to keep in mind is that don't forget for how big a part Facebook potentially played in all the political shenanigans we've seen recently. 
um, and the fact that this big data that governments or, or, or certain factions of government did pick up on and started to use. So it's not until the establishment now realizes how powerful that's all become that actually it's a threat to them now. Uh, and, and, you know, from <laughs> it all sounds a bit conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theory. But that's one of the reasons why we have so many Facebook stories in the news is because we're getting so many select committees being set up to go and review this, that and the other. And part of the reason they're understanding that is because suddenly big data is impacting on the political um, landscape because it's no longer as they expected it to be the traditions of politics. And now, and of course, they're reacting to that by trying to understand it and trying to shut it down. Um, you know, that that's kind of how they're working with it. So it's not just, um, you know, the reason we're seeing so many privacy stories is not just because they care about our privacy. It's also because they, they don't understand or they can't control it. And, and they're also they, concerned that at some point a, a government will do to them if they don't do it themselves. Like, you know, at some point it's the, 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 we will hit some inflection point where it's a people will take action and you're no longer allowed to do what you're currently doing if you're not willing to be responsible and i know we've probably criticized particularly the conservative government for the kind of approach they're, they're taking the wagon finger you need to do more we need to control but at some point it's going to hit that actually you are out of control you are misusing the data you are misusing the platform and it is too powerful <clears throat> so recently we've seen things like so even even twitter they're doing a lot of work around you know banning iranian accounts yeah. And even tipped off to Facebook. Here's all these accounts that were found. They're also on Facebook. But, so Facebook, based on Twitter's intelligence, shut these accounts down. But Twitter, sorry, Facebook then held the press conference to say, "Look how good we are." And it's like <laughs> they're just such a sleazy company. And I just, I, as I said, I'm a real, I've got a real conflict. Not yeah, so much around that. Facebook because I, I never really use it. Got to be yeah. honest, it's it's there and and I never use it. But I really use Instagram. Yeah, and I usually use WhatsApp, so so there's two that I I would like, I'd be loath to leave and loath to lose because there's and no that's easy why replacement. They pick, that's that's why they picked them up, and you know, that's, that's why exactly they bought them because they yeah. saw them as an absolute threat. The the out the outcome of all this story was as as you mentioned. So Apple did re withdraw this certificate, which then made all of Facebook's internal apps, which they probably do rely on quite heavily on their you know their 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 employees' phones that it made them all not non-functional but it did shut down this vpn so um you know it turned it, yeah it kind of caused them a lot of internal problems um and i think eventually apple did put that certificate back once they had stopped this distribution but also not until um not until it turned out google <laughs> Also, we're falling foul of this with a very, very similar data collector. So even though this was a, initially started as a Facebook uh, thing, Google really quickly came out and said, we're shutting this down and we're walking away from it. Can we please not turn off our internal applications? But I think they did also, I think it Apple did. also withdrew it from, from Google as well in the same way. Um, but again, they have since turned that back on. So it isn't just Facebook doing this. It is um, big organizations. Um, and the, the Google one was more aimed at 18 and up. Although if you were in a family group that was signing up, to this then 13 was um, considered okay so yeah there was there was obviously a lot of this going on people like paying to do it and additionally this is only because it failed an apple um uh, terms and conditions about how they actually distribute this application and android is not subject to those same things and therefore those applications and these things are still running in android so it's one of those things that you can you know I guess you pays your money, takes your choice as to whether you do want to sign up for this. But I would, you know, the recommendation would be, you know, they have access to everything that's going on here. Do you really want to sell that for twenty dollars a month? It's worth more to them than that, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely, and, and 
And initially, I was like, when when this all happened, there was lots of. I guess I follow lots of Apple, you know, kind of pundits slash, you know, tech folk on Twitter, and most of them were like, "Apple, you really need to do something here. This is, you know, Facebook have been really, you know, they're, they're really a bad actor amongst the development community because they're misusing that certificate." You've caught them before. They're doing it again. If this was a small independent, and this is the kind of the vibe. If this was a, if this was a me and you doing this, we'd be kicked out of the app store and not allowed back. That would yeah. have been it'd be fairly black and white. You've, you know, you've tarnished your one chance. You're out. And so I was, I was actually initially pleased to see Apple taking action, and 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 there was people saying, oh well, they can't. You know, Facebook employees can't order a lunch. Because they, they use some sort of iOS app to to order lunch. I'm sure there was a lot more, and there was many more apps that failed. You know, not just lunch, um, <laughs> and then restore that. Very access. important. <laughs> it is very important. Lunch is and very um, important. but but then when it when the Google one came out, there was people then saying, "Well, you can't you can't do it to Facebook and not Google, but you've got a commercial partnership with Google because they pay you for the search dollars and all that." And, and but they did it to Google. So you're like, again, fair play. And there was one article, again, quite clickbaity from The Verge, which says, do you really want a company like Apple having absolute control over how you run your internal enterprise applications? Mm. That's a really good point because you could end up in a spat. You could be, you know, so right right now you could be a small independent and then you're bought by Google and then all of a sudden Apple go, don't like this. But what's the alternative? You don't have a, a Apple phones on on your internal, or um, or you know that you have to get everyone to rootkit their phones to make sure that they can you can install your own stuff on it rather than yeah go go through these official routes. And that's the know? problem with I guess the you know if you're looking at it, and some say it's a problem, but you've got a very locked down system and you've got a there is the app store, um, and and it is difficult to work around. Still, I, I thought it was a really uh, funnily enough, I'm not as critical on Google. The other thing, the other nice surprise was that there was three app updates at the weekend for Google Sheets Docs and whatever their presentation app is on iOS. And they finally, they finally um, sized it for the new iPad Pros. So there was a kind of couple of Apple folk going, "Was this in the? Was this one of the conditions? Get this certificate <laughs> back. Um, sort your apps out because it took a year for the last. So see the iPad Pro that came out in 2017. It took a year before Google updated their apps. Yeah. To, to respect the sizing. So um, the joke was, see next September when you release a new iOS version, um, just, just just take the certificate away for a couple of hours and just, get yeah, your apps. Get them to comply. We also had, um, you know, after all oh. this, we had a really nasty FaceTime bug. Um, this now, is horrendous. So it turned, it turned this bug. Now, you might have to help me out here, but basically... When someone was starting a call, it had potential, this bug, um, to actually effectively start recording the audio and sending it through to the call and also start the video and sending that through to the call, even though on the user's screen they were still being presented with a, do you want to join this call or not? So therefore they were being injected into the call and things were being watched and so, listened to without so your knowledge. The, the way it worked was, take what I just did tonight with this Hangouts call. I'd call you. Before you answered, I would hear you saying, Christ almighty, he's phoned oh, already. For goodness sake, I can't be asked with this. 
and, and, that, and I guess that's why this really nasty bug is is because it's that emotional embarrassment. <laughs> Never mind that somebody's got your data or somebody could hear. <laughs> it's that whole reputational, emotional. Oh, for goodness sake, not again. I can't stand it. Yeah. Oh, God, it's Hi, how you doing? I hate her. <laughs> Hi, Mum. You know, that, that whole, oh, my God. And I guess the video one as well, it's like, what were you doing as you get your phone? You know, into yeah, a position that you can't see what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this all seemingly spewed from um, the, the kind of group calling that was added in recently. You know, so the, previously you could only do, a, you know, you couldn't do up to many people. But I think they can spot up to like hundred people now or something. Mm-hmm. So it's something around that. Um, the other, so they, they, they killed it at the server end, uh, and then there's an update coming out to. to they've now fixed it, and they're going to re-enable it with a new update. Um, but, the worst bit of this for me was some a, a, a kind of you know a, a, a little a little mum somewhere found this bug, and she reported yeah. it to Apple in response. Back was you going you know you need to go into your developer site, register developer account to go and register the bug, <laughs> and it was like, wow. No, no, why? I, I'm just telling you. I'm like just a, a little mum who's using a, an iPhone yeah. that's found this horrible, horrible bug that nobody has found. I guess they just don't expect the member of a public to find a bug like that. They're, they're, they're expecting to, yeah. you know, find you know a developer to have found something in the code, yeah. but nothing so fundamental. I guess they just so don't know. So go and register a developer ID, go and raise a radar, <laughs> and we'll go and look at it. And she's like, what's this? What, what are you talking about? A horrible, I mean, a, a really embarrassing for Apple as well because they're, they're emphasising privacy so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even I start, guess uh, when you're the holiest of the holy, you got to remain that. You, yep. you got to well, not you, make. You, you got to do things like not have root admin access that you just don't enter a password and you can suddenly get it. Yeah. You know, so you put yourself in that mantle, you know, and, and Cook yeah. at the moment is and he's kind of portraying himself as the kind of I am the last bastion of your data. We won't sell it. We won't misuse it. We are not yeah. sharing it. Weird. And, and certainly it looks like that's all true um yeah. but you do then open yourself up to it we used to talk about it with the app store you know you, you can't have like a you know a, a slag off president trump app or you can't have anything when you endo on it and they were taking weird apps and saying you can't have that and can't have that but then you went in safari and you could find anything you like you could go mm. on tumblr and find anything you like but but you know oh i don't particularly like this app we'll, we'll kill it if you want to be holier than now um you really need to but we probably should we should you know hold up the you know the fact that they are doing these things and generally being provably provably true they are holding privacy to it you know uh, higher standard than everybody else at the moment yeah and just because they slip up here you know maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't kick them but nevertheless you're right the reason they get criticism is because they're they're you know they're they're acting as the it's just a horrible bug a horrible bug that you think that that I could, you could be phoning your best mate and you just catch a bad... You know, we all say yeah. horrible things sometimes about people yeah. we really, you know, love and respect, but we all we all see it when you think <laughs> you're alone. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> They've had a, Apple have had a, a decline in um, revenues and profits. Um, for This is the first time for over a decade. So we had the profit warning um, not that long ago. And so, yeah, they've, they have seen that revenue um, down by 4.5%. Um, and... Yeah, so they have, you know, you know, their profit warning came true. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, we we touched this at the time that we stopped. Yeah. Remember, we used to do, we used to do like have two yeah, weeks of just all profits, yeah. and and then it just got. This is they're all just making huge amounts of money. Yeah, and they're still making huge amounts of money. Yeah, I mean, this is not... our second biggest quarter ever. You know, so it's um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, perspective is required. Yeah, um, but the the biggest thing was, and the reason I put this in was was it's just the 
they are such they're so dependent on iPhone. Um, but this was also slightly better than people expected. So the shares actually rose six percent. Right. You know, it's just I guess it's just how the you know markets <laughs> react to these things. It's you know, there's so there's so many people invested in this, and so many people are invested in the Apple shares just to make a quick buck rather than a long term thing. You know that that you know that that's why they're seeing. You see this fickle edging, and you know just you know left you know it just moves it moves on the slightest bit of news and it's yeah. and a lot of people have apple shares who wouldn't have any other shares so they again they're just a bit more fickle about it yeah seems anyway. and, and 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 guess touching a couple of things so obviously iphone had dropped but i mean services were up 19 percent mac up nine percent ipad up 17 percent and what was all bundled together wearables homes and accessories um, up 33 percent um you know so really really good position and, and, and there's still ginormous numbers you know oh, it's they're, just they're insus- it's unsustainable to keep growing i would say and maybe it's not maybe i'm a bit short-sighted on that this bit. is the year of services so um yeah. it feels like services are booming yeah. yeah it feels like so the rumors seem to indicate that the whatever they're going to call their, their their tv media service um is a kind of launch in april is the rumor so whether we're going to see um whether and there's lots of things like there's there's five new ipads in the channel because they're all registered and um mm-hmm. so whether we're going to see some sort of marked event around you know media um to, to kind of launch launch in april would not surprise me um but then again it wouldn't surprise me if it's all held back to wwdc and you know they do a big a big tour extravaganza and, and we get to see some tv folk and film folk on the stage um it's but services cook's been talking about it since they'd said the profit you know, this profit warning. <laughs> They've talked about services. He mentioned it in his call. You know, every you know every kind of ten or twelve words was all services. And they emphasised that out of their um, the company also highlighted the gross margins of its services business sixty two point eight percent, which is <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I I, I wow. listened to some I don't know his money boxes on the other day, and but services does in you know when someone sells a phone on on a high street actually it is all classed as services which is so even though you'd get a pick up and take your phone is the way they classify things isn't quite as you would expect them no. so even if you're picking up a phone actually it's it's classed as service um, rather than uh, you know, and again product. just this brave new world where they're stopping to, they're stopped talking about how many iPhones they sell and iPads they sell but they are committing to what their platform is because obviously that really yeah. helps the services point so they're now at 1.4 billion devices and 900 million iPhones alone. Yeah. Um, and it just, I guess it just shows you the, you know, 900 million iPhones across the, the globe is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, considering, yeah, it's, it is bonkers. Um, I'm just going back to your point about the, the presentation we're bound to hear from Apple about all their media. You know that that's going to be followed by in the US only Europe may follow at some point in the future. You know that, so don't you? It's going to be... I... <laughs> you know, so, so, so... So, so maybe because Make Apple, because Apple, <laughs> Apple Music certainly launched in the main territories all at the same time. Yeah, that's true. They did the music um, managed to get it together. You're right. So, so I, I can't see them. I can't. So yes, they might do something where it's where it's uh, America only initially, but then Definitely. part of me thinks maybe not. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, I will, they're, they're putting, I'm going to hold to that. They, it will be you can hold to it. Won't they're be, and let's spending see. at least a billion already, and there's talk of this year maybe two billion in shows. It's a lot of money just to be America only. Yeah, We're, yeah, fair enough. All right, good, good bit of analysis. Let's see who's right. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook is going to let you unsend messages for up to ten minutes. 
Um, so how's this going to work then? Am I, does that mean my messages aren't going to be delivered 10 minutes? For up to 10 minutes after sending a Facebook message, the sender can tap on it and they'll find the delete button has been replaced by remove for you. But there's also now a remove for everyone option that pulls the message from recipients' inboxes. So it's still, I can send you it. It'll go instantly, but I can almost retrieve it. I can do a recall on it. Okay, um, and does so it matter if read I've it. read it or not? If I've read it, will it still re- remove it? I have no idea. Because um, I, I, I don't know if you've done it. I've done it before now where you uh-huh. um, uh, you type a password into somewhere, but you don't realise your cursor is still got to focus on a chat app. And I've typed in passwords to other people before now and gone, ah, oh, it'd be nice to be able to remove that. Yeah. Especially so, if I haven't read it because it just so solves a whole load of... I don't know. <laughs> the, the two ones that spring to mind was I was messaging Shaq at work, slagging somebody off, <laughs> and I was messaging the guy I was slagging off. Oh, no. That wasn't... That Retrieval wasn't, would have been a good option. Oh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> because Hi. the thing was I hadn't mentioned his name, hadn't had any other conversation with him, <laughs> and it was basically saying he's a complete <laughs> asshole. And then I got a reply. Are you, are you, did you mean to send me that? And I was like instantly, like holy sinking hell. feeling. Sinking. Um, and the second one was uh, I remember doing it years ago. I did a, I sent out a mail, and it was to it was a real group of seniors in the company. You know, right? Don't mess this up. And I messed it up, so I did a recall. And my my director just replied instantly, "No luck." <laughs> Because <laughs> it hadn't worked. <laughs> yeah, the old email retrievals don't work, do they? Because yep. uh, yeah. if you've got a rule on your email and Outlook, it, the retrieval doesn't work. And then, yeah. as soon as I got the nail up, because it came, I, I got a thing <laughs> and it came and I saw it was from Paul. I saw it and I just saw the nail up. I was like, ah, you bugger. <laughs> there we go. So you can do it for 10 minutes. And so there you go. So you, I guess that is a nice a nice feature. And, and we've all needed it at some point or other. Yeah, so the, the, and they talk about it in the puff piece, you know, things like typos or you say the wrong thing or, you yeah. you know, it's done an autocorrect and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to say yeah. that. Uh, and that, that makes sense. But, you know, obviously Zuckerberg used it to, you know, <laughs> pull back some sensitive statements he had made that he didn't want disclosed. <laughs> he needed his 10 minutes of cooling downtime yeah. for his anal- analysts to run down the stairs from their office upstairs. <laughs> it probably is the amount of time it takes someone, exactly. his legal to, team. a legal team to get to his office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nintendo are going to reboot Metroid Prime 4. So they, they actually released a whole statement uh, apologising to their user base to... Um, to say basically the game's not up to snuff we're holding it back we're going to start all over again with a new developer because we just cannot release this in clear conscience uh, and expect you to pay money for it so um, they are going back to square one uh, if only microsoft had done this with crackdown 3 no i just uh, um, i think they did uh, they, i think they're going to still struggle aren't they? so 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 metroid prime is obviously one of the you know is one of the massive you know historic you know well-loved titles um, it's been on development for three or four years. It was coming out this year. So to come out, make a public apology and say, it's just not there and we're starting again. And we're going to take another, you know, two, three, four years. Put it right back to literally just yeah, yeah. do a full development it's cycle. It's huge, it. huge. Mm-hmm. And I actually was like, well played, Nintendo. It yeah. feels like you're yeah. being honest with your user community. It's very disappointing. You know, if you're a Metroid fan, it's hugely disappointing. But... Far better to do that than put out something that's substandard and you just tick a box and go, you've got your title. 
Yeah, we've um, and you know we've been talking about crackdown on that same front. There's been some reports recently that that really the game is from a single perspective, from a graphical angle, from a um, you know it just doesn't feel next gen. Um, and I wonder whether Microsoft to put themselves in a corner in the fact that you, it is going to be available on their um, uh, what's the gaming uh, what's the subscription called? Um, oh, Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. So it's on Game Pass, and I'm wondering whether they're thinking really they want to go back to square one and restart this process, but they've just cornered themselves to think, well, we're not going to get that initial run of money because everyone's done it via Game Pass, and 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 I think that that's what happened with Forza Horizons. You know, all that money that they would have got through the actual selling the game, um, they they don't get because it's Game Pass and it's, it trickles in over time, really. Um, overall, Game Pass is probably working out beautifully. In the, you know, there's not that many games I end up playing on it. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it does seem like Crackdown might have some issues that, and it certainly doesn't live up to its early hype. Yeah, I mean, you you told me you'd seen some sort of preview. It says single player, but multiplayer, pretty good. You know, really good. You get a lot of enjoyment. I I was just disappointed where I was a forum post that was talking about the downgrade. So so if mm. you if you look in any of these gaming forums, then you just see the, the downgrade between what was shown at E3. Or some sort of developer preview, and then what you get in reality, um, huge, huge drop. What what shocked me was some of the really basic textures. You know, it was it was like mm. wow. If if you'd said that was a a late three sixty game, yeah, I, well, I, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, it might be there, but it was it was just bizarre things. Like you know, you saw your guy running around, and there was no shadows getting cast, mm. and he picked up this object off the ground, and the object he picked up cast a shadow, but he didn't. Yeah, so it just took you out. Took you out of believing yeah. what you're seeing. <clears throat> Interesting. They're doing some massive things with that game, as far as um, offsetting to the cloud a lot of the calculations and running. And I'm wondering whether that's just not mature enough to cope with a mm. next gen title at the moment, because certainly in their online games, there it is delivered and run by a lot of it's run in the cloud so it's not the processing is not happening locally so in this destructive environment that they're talking about having uh, the cloud runs all that but having said that we see battlefield doing uh, you know pretty much having a destructible environment uh, day in day out and it seems to run flawlessly i think the other thing as well is screenshots screenshots lighty in some ways and that when you're playing the game it's so hard to take in. There's so much happening. I, I, mm. I even I'm saying now as if it's a. I still go back to the early PGRs, PGR like two, three, and four. You know, and you look, you look at the the quality of the graphics on like PGR four, for example, and you even compare it to like PGR one, and it was night and day. But yep. honestly, you could take all the textures away, and you wouldn't even notice because you're going so fast and you're so focused on that narrow bit of road. The buildings and the quality of the textures on it, oh, just you couldn't tell. Yeah, or I couldn't agree. tell, but in a screenshot you can a static screenshot. Yes, agreed, that's yeah. what I meant by lies to you because you you start pixel peeking and oh look oh that yeah that's but the, the reality of moving around in the it. game yeah or yeah, well, yeah. I never see it you know yeah. and I, and I that's but, where the, I was, but, they, but but given that there's been two or three reports now to say that it does feel last gen as, yeah, so yeah clearly there's something it about it rough. it's just the, the, and certainly the the gifts that showing the movement and whatever it does it does look a bit rough so um anyway given that it's a game pass you know it will be a download it will be a play um and we'll just we'll have a go and see what see what happens ultimately that's that's the long short of it um ea though Ruined, ruined a night's gaming for a lot of people. Um, they released their Anthem VIP beta or their demo, uh, and uh, it seemed like a, some sort of bug in that demo caused their service to be absolutely slammed. And unfortunately, they couldn't resolve it in time for it not to s- spread the 
the badness to all their other games that were trying to run on the A servers. Um, so Battlefield Five, which we were trying to play around with, um, pretty much wasn't wasn't joinable all evening. So um, it was a bit annoying, I guess. Um, but if you looked on their site on the server status, everything was fine, no problems. But maybe check with Xbox Live in case they're having issues. But no, it was all EA apparently. Uh, the funny thing was, it was basically this Anthem demo um, DDoSed the whole EA service. Um, so it basically <laughs> flooded the network saying, where's my server, where's my server, where's my server? And it just couldn't cope with, with, with trying to deliver against that demand. Um, so where the servers started having problems, it escalated itself remarkably quickly. I think that's what happened, wasn't it? Because it was just the sheer rate at which it kept on trying to reconnect. So Anthem's another one where um, the VIP demo and the public demo that came out the weekend just isn't delivering based on you know what the previews were last year. Again, massive downgrades when you look at effects, yeah. you know, and you compare what was shown. To, and, and we've had this for years. I, I go back to <laughs> PS3 Killzone, was was yeah. looked like a true next gen title on PS3, and it came out and it was horrendous looking. You know, it was just all CGI'd yeah. and. And, and I, I think deliver. the reality of you know these massively you know these massive games with you know massive chapters and whatever ultimately they end up being the same thing recycled and occasionally they get bits of it which feel more exciting but the whole big chunks of these massively multiplayer games are just grindy chunks and it's never been, it's, it's been the same since like the early wow days when mm. you know effectively everything is go and talk to this person kill some things in a particular area come back and that's your progression and repeat ad, ad infinitum you know and even when you got to the raids and stuff, okay, there were some tactics that then started becoming important, but nevertheless, it's still go here, kill that, drop back, and you know that that's kind of what they all end up being. And with with smaller scale games, that's kind of what you expect. But when it's a massive game, it just I guess it does feel like a grind, and you hear that term a lot. And yeah. I'm guessing that's what Anthem they they feel like Anthem will quickly get to be that grind because the initial excitement there's you know you're, you. This, you're able to fly around the map and apparently that's an that is an incredibly liberating um feeling and you get used to it and you learn how to do it so there's a bit of skill there but once you've learned that skill the you know you land and then it's just yeah shoot this yeah <laughs> now go back you yeah know, so. and that's what it feels like there's a real there's a real gap in the, and there's lots of people have praised the flexibility of what how you can customize the kind of mix that you're in and there's seemingly like endless customization because we've seen from Fortnite that's the I guess that's the thing that everybody's chasing after now that you know you can have your unique you know character in in some sort of world but don't know it just, just but, but I don't think you know I don't ultimately they think that's maybe why Fortnite is successful because you can customize a bit but actually it's because the core game is so varied in what because it's driven delivered by humans isn't it yeah. all those kind of little that you you know rinse repeat you have these you know pretty amazing situations that occur just naturally because it's a sandbox um anthem being an actual you know game you go and play maybe it will have those when you go and play the multiplayer aspects to it but if it's not focused towards that then you probably you know that's it's not because there's loads of customization that makes fortnite successful it's successful and people want to customize because it's successful that you know it's it's that angle yeah yeah, all right. I agree. I'm, I'm realizing it's a podcast, and me nodding my head isn't the actual response you're looking for. I do apologize, but nevertheless, we are at the end of that podcast, and that is why we are both resigned. But yeah, but this. I'm just I'm nodding away like you're the man, Chris. You're saying the right things. It's like I could be sitting here shaking my head and going, "You're an idiot, Chris." But no, I would never do that. Well, I'll know next time. We'll do it FaceTime, and I'll see what you're saying before then. Um, anyway, that's that's it for today. So, <clears throat> if you want to find out 
I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go straight for clothes. I'm not even asking you if there's anything else you want to do as a pick. We're going straight in. Digitaloutbox.com is our website. Go there, have a look at it. Info at digitaloutbox.com. If you want to email us, us email us. us. Uh, Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter. It's cheesy UK. Academyracer.co.uk for my racing stuff. Even though I'm probably retired for the next two years, running stuff is cheesy.blog. Well, Ian, where can we find you? I'd like to sponsor you, Chris. How do I do it? You do it by going to cheesy.blog forward slash donate and that will end up on my found, my, fund, my fundraising page. I can't talk. But you <laughs> yeah, can that goes to my fundraising page and it would be brilliant. I've just got over halfway. That's yeah, so I'm aiming to raise £4,000 and I've just gone past 2000 so that's really nice. Uh, yeah, so that's all you need to know about me. I'm just going to remind everybody to donate. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will um, speak at you next time. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Thank you.